That is the sound of a test missile being launched in North Korea. And that's from one of those huge military parades they have on holidays in North Korea. But there's another image of that land that is dead silent. It's a picture from space at night showing a huge splash of light in China. That's Beijing. And another nearby big area of brightness, that's Seoul. And in between is this long stretch of total darkness, and that's North Korea. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Plugged In, the Con Edison podcast that's about all things related to energy. I'm Mike Clendenin. Today, we're going to talk about North Korea, the energy challenges they live with every day, and the summit between the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, and President Donald Trump. Our guest is Scott Montgomery, an author, geoscientist, professor, and energy expert. Welcome. Thank you, sir. I'm very glad to be here. Good to have you. North Korea, as you know, is, is in the news, obviously for reasons having to do with uh, nuclear weapons, but there are other issues involved and things that we're going to talk about have to do with energy. You recently wrote North Korea is a failed energy state. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about that and what, what you mean by that? Yes, of course. Uh, once upon a time, uh, North Korea had a pretty full complement of modern energy services. Electricity for the majority of the population, uh, it had a transportation system, um, had industry, manufacturing, uh, modern agriculture, uh, and then it pretty much lost all of that. Uh, that's how I would define a, uh, a failed energy state. North Korea is not the only example, but it's probably the most dramatic example. And the interesting thing is that that, that happened twice. It happened once because of the Korean War, but it happened after that again, even after the reconstruction of its energy system by the Soviets mainly with a little help from the Chinese. Um, and it happened for a number of other reasons. And then due to a, uh, a 1994 uh, horrific flood uh, season in North Korea, which wiped out almost all of its major electricity generating infrastructure and uh, resulted in a tremendous famine. Um, that happened during the period of time when um, uh, Kim Jong-un, the current leader's father, was in, uh, was in charge. And unfortunately, he was not equal to the situation. And so uh, the, uh, the failed electricity system continued. So this is a long and very complex history uh, for North Korea, the, the energy dimension for its people. I, I, and I think to most people here in the United States, at least, there have been many news reports um, seen but through satellites of extensive blackouts uh, in North Korea. And then compared to South Korea, all lit up. North Korea, mostly dark. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the visual image that many people have of that. And to a lot of, I guess, an average person is, how do people possibly live like that today? People actually live a little bit better than than uh, than we might think. There's an awful mm -hmm. lot of, of trade and barter that goes across the border with China. And part of that has involved uh, the North Korean people importing small mini generators and battery systems that they use in their home, pretty cheaply made and and partly unreliable, but they use the mini generators 
to uh, charge the battery systems, which run oh things like TVs, fans, DVD players, CD players, things like that. They're not strong enough to really run a refrigerator for more than a couple, you know, a few hours a day at most. So they do have they do have some amenities. They don't live completely without modern energy services, but they have to supply it themselves. I, I was going to say you mentioned something in your uh, your writings that. Uh... They're quite been in quite inventive of, with the use of solar. In fact, yes. maybe, the, maybe the solar-powered nation on Earth. We should probably uh, disabuse ourselves of the idea that solar is clean, green, and therefore, you know, very wonderful and ethically uh, <laughs> uh, at a higher level. Solar panels are just another commodity for producing electricity, and they're much more reliable than these mini generators. So it's it's an it seems ironic to us, but the reality is that North Korea's people, their dependence on solar is actually a mark of the success of the solar industry or solar power as a as a mainstream source. Is it your feeling that in the midst of all the talks that have been ongoing and will be ongoing, I imagine for some time, with North Korea and mostly over weapons? Um, whether there's where's where's energy fit into the mix uh, as far as development, uh, where, where they might be going, who they might enlist to help them with the grid, any of those? You have any thoughts on that? Energy is at the key, is the key for the development of the North Korean state as a modern state. Without electricity, you know, which is really the fundament of modern society, without that, with, oh, without a, an abundant supply of that, um, they will their development will always be hindered to a very significant degree. So they really need power. Here's the thing, and this is what I would hope for, is that they would redirect all the expertise in uh, nuclear energy to uh, nuclear power, to retrain or to reorient all of their scientists, to turn that, to flip that coin around and turn it into peaceful uses of nuclear energy. That would probably be um, the best long-term solution to their electricity problems. Many, many of us have, met, you know, uh, many of our engineers, many of uh, people uh, in the utility industry know uh, people with uh, vast amounts of expertise in nuclear power. Um, uh, know, know it to know it to, in their experience to be safe and reliable, and, uh, and, and new yeah. technologies are coming up all the time. But whether or not they could get it done, um, there is always an open question i guess right in the future i think it could be done much better it would have to be done under under uh, strict verification and monitoring circumstances there are creative solutions and that might involve using chinese or russian and or russian and possibly south korean as well inspectors i know there are uh, there are concerns and uh, about any kind of nuclear energy being used in uh, North Korea, uh, but they do have the expertise, and it does make sense for mm -hmm. turning them in that direction. I believe. Okay, and the and the investments you had mentioned before, I I assume that that means not just the development of alternate types of generation, whether it's hydro or nuclear or 
more conventional types, that uh, the the establishment of a, of a real grid, and when we think of grids here anyway, it usually involves transmission lines, distribution power lines, all those things that get tied to whatever a generating source might be. Yes, that's right, and that would apply there too. It would not happen overnight, but it could be done on a, on a mass level. Um, if you had, say, cooperation from South Korea and China, sources of major investment in North Korea. Of course, we're, we're talking about an entirely different scenario than exists there now, uh, but it's one that, that could be possible in the future. So these ideas have been around, actually, for quite a while. Okay, well, we, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, is Professor Scott Montgomery, thank you. Um, it's been great having you uh, join us at, at the Con Edison's Plugged In Show. Um, I imagine we'll be calling on you again as these talks unfold if you have time, but uh, uh, please uh, come back and join us uh, whenever you can. I would be very pleased to do so. Thank you very much, and have a great day. That's it for this edition of Plugged In. I'm Mike Clendenin. Join us next time. <laughs>